Good morning, and welcome to another glorious day in God's creation. I'm John Kowalski, and this is Rise Up, a podcast about life's challenges with solutions provided by the Word of God. Lately, we've been discussing uh, spiritual disciplines from a book uh, called The Spiritual Disciplines Handbook, uh, Practices That Transform Us, written by Adele Alberg Calhoun. Uh, This week's topic selected by my father-in-law, Ken, uh, is unplugging. Uh, It's a funny thing for a blogger or podcaster to be talking about the dangers of screens in our lives. Uh, Maybe it's an even greater danger for me. Uh, I've fallen into this trap in the past, and I'm still living with the repercussions of those decisions. Uh, I recently finished my degree, most of which was online, so uh, there you go. Uh, I was a full-time student and working full-time, Uh, while still serving at church and and living up to all of my other obligations of life. Uh, I know uh, Wendy was happy to see me finish school. Uh, She was proud of my accomplishment, especially knowing that I was answering God's call in my life. But she was overjoyed to have me back full-time as her husband when I wasn't at work. Uh, It's not uncommon uh, for any of us, really, after a vacation time or a first couple days after vacation to be a technological marathon. Phone calls, texts, Twitter, blogs, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, uh, hundreds of emails that demand attention, Zoom meetings, uh, and and the like that have popped up into our lives now. Uh, and then swamps of face-to-face communication as well. Uh, I tested myself during one of my vacation days last week uh, and and just transparently I'm gonna give you you know what that looked like. I, I spent probably an hour throughout the day, not all at once, but throughout the day messing around with email responding um, uh, and and dealing with email. Uh, I spent probably three to four hours on computer work that, included work on blogs, podcasts, uh, research, uh, and so many, and many other things, uh, on my computer. Uh, I had orientation work for my new job, which also was part of my computer time, uh, devotional work, uh, podcast prep. Uh, I probably spent about 45 minutes, maybe that day on various social media forums, trying to, you know, stay up to date and peek in, uh, maybe an hour messing around on my phone, uh, with calls, maybe games. I was on vacation after all, uh, and other, uh, other than social media and email. Uh, I'm just talking about anything else that I might've been working on on my phone. Um, you know, normalcy includes having a cell phone these days, which makes, all of us available and interruptible at all times, meals, the middle of conversations, meetings, movies, driving, whatever. Uh, Normalcy also includes uh, many meetings where people try to type notes into computers, direct messages, smartphones, uh, and other screens, all while looking down rather than at the face of the presenter. 
I remember going to open houses the year uh, my son graduated and being shocked that so many people, parents and kids alike, were face down in their phones while surrounded by people that they knew. Uh, It's not uncommon to see tables full of people in restaurants all looking at their phones. Uh, I've seen people checking their phones in church. Hopefully at least some of them were referring to a digital Bible. The pandemic certainly exacerbated this situation uh, as people were forced to work from home, uh, school from home, and even worship from home. Uh, This normalized extreme extreme screen time uh, is prevalent in all of our homes. Richard Mao, M-O-U-W, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but uh, he suggested uh, that there is no inter to the internet. Uh, The galaxy of information the World Wide Web has offered has fragmented our world and relationships and left us alone. Um, Unplugging recognizes that Personal beings are created for personal interaction by a personal God. Um, We talk about that a lot as Christians, that we have a personal God, that we want to have a relationship with God. But how does that relationship work? And I sure hope it doesn't work like our relationships with each other seem to work in this digital distracted age. Um, Albert Calhoun lists a few ways that our relationships should look, right? We need to be in the presence of each other. That means nothing in between, undivided attention. Uh, digital connections aren't enough to keep us healthy. Uh, we, I think we found this out through the pandemic, right? Our kids went to school online uh, and desperately craved that personal social interaction that they were used to. Um, we need to be touched shake hands, pat it on the back, uh, whatever it might be, a hug sometimes, right? Um, Maybe not at school, but you get the idea. We also need nonverbal signals uh, that are hard to see, right? On social media, um, when we're on a Zoom call, we don't really see the person's whole body. It's really hard to decipher um, those nonverbal signals. Uh, when we're talking to people. Uh, We also need uninterrupted spaces in our lives for the presence of God in the presence of others. Um, Albert Calhoun says that with the aid of technology, we can attempt to juggle multiple worlds at the same time, but we can't keep juggling for 24 hours a day and not get worn out. Uh, In a world where people use the internet an average of 30 hours a week and keep the TV on or radio on, up to eight hours a day or more in some cases, we need to get unplugged from the virtual reality uh, and address our addiction to technology and the toxins it brings to our lives. Unplug and look into the eyes of another human face and see the beauty of God's creation. Uh, It's pretty powerful, right? To, To think about. God wanted a personal relationship with us Um, I'm certain he wants us to have personal relationships with each other, uh, especially among the body of Christ, the church. Um, We have to take that time. We have to take that 
undivided attention and give it to each other in in our times of need and uh, and connection, right? Some of the reflection questions uh, that we'll be talking about today are going to delve into that. I'm going to take a quick break, uh, and then we're going to come back and we're going to discuss some of the reflection questions. Be right back. All right, guys, I'm back. We talked about what unplugging is, uh, the dangers of screens in our lives. We talked about uh, some reflection questions about, you know, how spending too much time on screens and not giving us some unplugging time uh, can affect our life and our relationships, especially. Um, Now I want to go through a few spiritual exercises. Um, Albert Calhoun didn't have a ton of them this time, just really four. Uh, so first one is a technology assessment. Uh, keep track of the amount of time that you spend using digital and electronic communications each day. Just journal it. How much does this amount to each week? Um, keep track of the uninterrupted time you spend in the presence of family and friends each day, and then compare those times. Uh, is God inviting you to reprioritize anything based on this awareness? Just do it for a week. Right? If you can cut back on using your computer for one hour a week, how could you use that time to be in the presence of God or others? Uh, It's really, truly amazing uh, how little you miss the things that you think are so important in your life right now. Uh, Wendy and I went through this several years ago when we, not long after we started attending Bridgewood and uh, getting involved in the church a little bit. And we were hesitant, probably me more than she was, uh, to get more involved, right? Get into life groups and things like that. And, you know, my question to her was, how? What do we give up? Um, What do you want to give up to be able to do this? Um, And, you know, several years later, uh, we we don't look back with any regrets. Um, There are some friends we don't see as much as we used to. We did move uh, at some point a little further away. Uh, But when we do see those friends, we get so much from that time. Um, We may not see them every week, uh, but when we do see them, it is truly a blessing in our lives. Um, We do have time to spend with others. We've been out to dinner with several couples from our church and we have plans to do that with even more couples uh, from our church. We've run life groups. We've still attend other life groups. Uh, We serve at the church more than we ever have, teaching uh, some of our young people, fifth to seventh graders on Sundays. And uh, we still help with the online services as we've done for a year or so. We help with youth services on Wednesday nights it's, I know it sounds like a lot and, and sometimes it can be. And once in a while we need to take a break from the hectic pace. Um, but we wouldn't give up one single bit of it long-term. Um, number two, declare a digital free time period in each day or week. Do it for each day. If you do it for each day, you've done it for the week too. 
okay? Let people know when you are available and we'll get back to them or just ignore them for that hour, okay? Or half hour or whatever time you give to yourself. Um, make some time at the beginning of your day to spend with God in prayer and study. Get up 15 minutes earlier if you have to or give up a social media session and make it an engage with God session. Uh, starting the day with God will always get you off on the right foot. Um, I do Bible studies through um, version Bible app. I, I do those. Uh, I read the Bible. I pray. Uh, and sometimes I'll just sit there for 15 minutes in silence and just meditate and think and have a mental conversation with God. Um, the dinner table should also be a digital dead zone. It never was for us when the kids were growing up. And it's one of my greatest regrets. Um, and you can't, as I said, get that time back when they're adults. They're just not here. They're not around to be at dinner every day or once a week even sometimes. Um, it should be a time of discussion and inclusion and getting to know each other and and showing the love that you feel, not just feeling the love uh, without distractions, right? Uninterrupted time. Uh, and then end the day in prayer with your family. Pray for them as they go to sleep for the night. Teach them that God is part of every moment of their lives. Build habits that will continue their whole lives. As Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. That is our greatest hope for our children, isn't it? Uh, I know it is for me. What is it like, number three, what is it like uh, for you to receive a handwritten letter from a friend? I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't. Uh, I haven't gotten a handwritten letter from anybody other than maybe a greeting card, but I do really appreciate those. Uh, I know greeting cards have these cute little sayings and sometimes funny, sometimes inspirational uh, in them. But what I really enjoy is when people take time to write something, right? In, in addition to whatever's in the card. So write a non-electronic letter to a friend. What surfaces in you when you take the time to do this? I actually had an opportunity to do this exercise uh, this week while I was planning. Uh, actually, this was last week when I was planning this uh, podcast. It wasn't my idea either. Uh, it was a gift uh, for the founders uh, of House of Providence that the staff uh, give them every year at the fundraising gala which happened last week, uh, last Friday night. It was gorgeous. Uh, if you haven't seen any of the pictures of it, go on their website or Bridgewood's rep website because uh, quite a few people from the church were there uh, representing uh, the foster children in the state of Michigan. Uh, so anyway, uh, their idea was that each of the people who work at House of Providence would write a letter uh, telling Jay and Maggie what they feel about them or how they feel about them or how they've been inspirational in our lives. And, and though I've only started working there maybe a few weeks ago, uh, I've known Jay and Maggie for several years. Uh, their connection with our church and our connection with their organization, um, we've gotten to know them a little bit and we're getting to know them even better now that I'm working there. Um, we all wrote them letters telling them 
what they mean to us and what they have meant to us since we met them and they came into our lives. Uh, writing it instead of just telling them out loud allowed me to really reflect on our relationship uh, in the time that we've known each other. It, it allowed me to really delve into what they have meant in our lives, in mine and Wendy's life. Uh, I urge you to try this. I also urge you to visit the House of Providence uh, website at thehofp.org, T-H-E-H-O-F-P.org. Uh, whether you're looking for a more fulfilling job or you just want to donate to a cause uh, of great importance, uh, you will find it at House of Providence. Uh, their motto, or I guess I should say now our motto, is until every child has a home. And we truly live it out every single day. I can attest to this now firsthand um, as I've been working there now for a couple of weeks. And every single conversation, every single meeting, every single action that we do throughout the course of the day is for the betterment of these kids' lives. Um, I guess I should start saying we more often when I talk about House of Providence, but I feel like I've done so little uh, as a new person with them that I don't really have the right to say we because you just can't even imagine until you see it in action how much goes into every single day there. Uh, it's amazing. There, God is alive. The Holy Spirit is at work in, in both of those buildings, uh, and it's growing. So go to the House of Providence website and check it out. Uh, and if you really feel moved to help, please do. Um, they are desperate in today's job market to get more people working there. Uh, and uh, they're looking to expand down the road. And maybe you can help with that. Maybe your business has something they can offer. Uh, maybe your business has a, a charitable donation match where you can, uh, you can donate to a charity and your company will match those funds up to a certain amount of dollars. Every single dollar helps these kids uh, to, to get the lives, the, the basic, simple, everyday life that we take for granted um, that they may not have without the help of House of Providence. Um, so the next part of that is what is gained and what is lost in electronic communication. What do you think of the trade-offs? Electronic communication is fast, convenient, and easy. It's also lacking in tone and understanding that that is necessary when you're dealing with people, right? We've seen that in, in the whole transition to Zoom meetings and video calls uh, throughout the pandemic. Uh, we can now maybe see some body language and facial expressions and connect visually as well as orally. If you haven't, I'm sorry, if you have taken part in this type of communication, you know it still has its issues, right? People are talking on mute, people are forgetting to mute, people are doing inappropriate things during the sessions, etc. Um, as we have learned through our kids during this pandemic, face-to-face -face interaction is what people, especially kids, need to thrive. There is no replacement for social gatherings and social interactions. Uh, so we need that. Um, number four, uh, and 
the, the final one is which relationships in your life need FaceTime? Uh, I would argue that all of them do. Uh, so you should plan FaceTime with several people each week, including this week. Don't let this time be interrupted by anything electronic. So when you're thinking about your week or maybe you just need to do it, create a spreadsheet or take a piece of paper and draw some squares on it, uh, a chart and plan out your time. Who do you need FaceTime with every day? Uh, start the list with God, uh, then your wife, your kids, your boss, your best friend, your not so best friend, uh, your friend who fell and got hurt and may need a word of encouragement. Um, plan in a little bit of time uh, each day. So give yourself a budget of time in the day and then slot in stuff to do. And then in those time slots that you can give to personal interaction, slot in your family, but or your friends or whoever else you may want to have face-to-face -face connection with. Um, when you do this, it's intentional and it'll show, right? Uh, the first thing you should do is block out dinner time with your family uh, so that you can have conversations and uh, get to know each other. Maybe block out a little bit of uninterrupted family time that doesn't involve dinner, maybe on the weekend or your day off. Um, play a game uh, and talk, right? Get to know each other. Um, I, I can't stress this enough. Uh, it's a mistake that I made uh, that that I still live with. Uh, I, I don't know how you come back from it. I'll let you know when I figure it out because I don't know that I'm all the way back. Uh, and I don't know when I will be. Uh, it, it's a matter of effort, right? You've got to earn your way back. It's just like, you know, losing trust in somebody, right? You don't automatically just trust them again uh, when they let you down. Uh, they have to earn their way back and prove that they can be trusted uh, and that they won't repeat the behaviors of the past. Uh, and I get that. And I'm more than willing to uh, earn that way back. Uh, but in the meantime, my current relationships will not suffer because of my personal time on social media or screens. So take that time to unplug. There are some great resources uh, that Albert Calhoun recommends. Uh, I have not read any of these, so I can't really give a personal uh, reflection, but my, I'm gonna start with my personal uh, resource on unplugging, and that's the Bible, okay? So start there. Uh, read a little bit of that each day. Uh, other opportunities or options, uh, The Freedom of Simplicity by Richard Foster. Uh, I Gods, How Technology Shapes Our Spiritual and Social Lives by Craig Detweiler. Uh, Protecting Your Family from the Digital Invasion 1 and 2 uh, by Arch Hart and Sylvia Hart Freyd. I think that's Freyd, F-R-E-J-D. Uh, the Shattered Lantern by Ronald Rollheiser and The Unknown God by Alistair McGrath. Uh, enjoy those resources. Uh, but really, take the time to unplug this week. Plan it out. Better yet, plan it out for next week. It's toward the end of the week. Uh, and uh, 
and then stick to it and develop yourself a new routine that helps you to spend more time with God, spend more time with your family, spend more time in the important relationships that you have uh, and, uh, and revel in that, live in it, love in it and enjoy it. Uh, until next time, I love you guys. I'll be praying for you. I hope you'll be praying for me and rise up. All right, I am back and we were discussing unplugging and uh, the dangers of it and the benefits of, of unplugging in our lives, eliminating the screens for a certain amount of time each day uh, and getting connected with people one-on-one, uh, socially, physically, uh, mentally. Uh, in our lives. So the first reflection question that Albert Calhoun uh, asked was, how has technology influenced your relationships? Um, I allowed technology to have a huge foothold in my life when my kids were young. Uh, Though I was always home, I wasn't always present or available to them. I have no excuse. It was wrong. And I regret allowing the distraction from what was most important to me. Uh, I am suffering the consequences of those mistakes to this day. Young parents out there need to learn the lesson I learned far too late. Prioritize your life like you would your work. FaceTime with your God and your family must be the priorities when you are uh, at home. Uh, Ration your personal screen time to when they're asleep or away. Never let it take their time whether that be God or whether that be your marriage or whether that be your uh, relationship with your kids. Uh, I certainly know that had I had everything to do over, I would have done it very differently knowing what I know now uh, than what I knew then. Um, So all of those who were affected by that, I do apologize deeply for it. Uh, and hope that I get opportunities to make that time up to you uh, all in the future. Uh, Do friends and family complain about the amount of time I spend online? Uh, I don't think my friends would ever complain about my screen usage and their presence. It just isn't an issue in my life anymore. Uh, My wife, Wendy, would probably say that I watch too much TV, but to be fair, she wouldn't even turn it on if I wasn't around. Uh, To her, any amount of TV is too much. For me, it relaxes me. It engages my brain. I can work, write, even study with the TV on and not be distracted. Uh, I will be productive despite the TV being on. It's just the way my brain works. I often uh, have sports or competition shows on or something in the background while I'm working on personal projects. Uh, one of my new jobs will be a remote job, my first. Uh, and I won't allow any distractions from that work during my work hours. Uh, so it's it's kind of a new thing for me. I've always been in retail and retail management. So I've always been uh, in the office uh, during work hours. So it's a, a little bit different for me now. I'll have to find my way uh, and my process uh, as at least a part-time 
uh, remote worker. Uh, so what is what are people's real concern? If they're concerned about your screen time, what is their real concern about? Um, I think that the real concern of people who feel we are more interested in our screens than their presence is loneliness. Uh, just like God, they want a relationship with us that includes our presence and our engagement. When we choose our screens over people, we tell them that we don't value them as much as we do a game or, or strangers on social media or work or whatever it is that we're captivated by on those screens. Uh, they want you to live in their lives just like God does. Uh, I'll give you a fair warning. Uh, God is quicker to forgive when we fall short of that expectation. Uh, people are not always that willing to forgive uh, until you can prove that things have changed. Um, the key, though, is getting the opportunity to prove it. Um, with your kids, for example, and I say this from experience, once they're adults and they've moved out of the house and they're out on their own, you're going to get precious few opportunities to show them that that change uh, and that your priorities have uh, been altered by your experience. Um, so it's going to be a lot harder to work your way back than it would be to decide it today uh, and change your behavior uh, so that they know they are the norm, number one priority in your life. Uh, question number two, are you online for both work and pleasure? I am as of now, as I mentioned, for the first time I'm working remotely for one of my jobs. Um, in order to do this effectively, I must learn to compartmentalize my time. Uh, I learned to do this uh, pretty well during my recent college experience. I set specific times for schoolwork, work work and relation, uh, relaxation. Uh, I'm not sure I would have made it through the process without a strong plan and the willpower to stick to it. Uh, God modeled how he wanted us to live with the six days of creation and the seventh day of rest, the Sabbath. Uh, God certainly didn't need to rest, uh, but as any good parent does, he showed his children the right way to do things. So how can we look at that example and say, I can do better. Uh, I don't think so. I think we should take that time to do things God's way and have that Sabbath time. Compartmentalize your work even if you're working from home. Set your hours that you're going to work. Dedicate yourself to that work. And when work time is over, dedicate to your family. Uh, have family dinners at the table. Do things like that that uh, that give you that face-to-face -face connection uh, that you otherwise would be lacking uh, and that will be a problem in the future. Uh, trust me on that. Uh, the second part to that question is, what do you like about being online and what don't you like about it? Um, I like some of the social aspects of it, right? I can keep in touch with family across the country on social media. Um, I don't have really other than my kids and my wife, I don't really have any family in the state of Michigan. So I can't just drive to my parents' house and have a Sunday dinner with them. Uh, it just doesn't work that way uh, for me. Um, so I can keep track of cousins and brothers and sisters and uh, 
other family members and longtime friends who live in other states um, through social media. So it does have its positive aspects um, as long as it's kept within reason. Um, Wendy and I have served as hosts for the online services for Bridgewood Church uh, since the pandemic shutdowns. I'll admit that we were feeling very disconnected after the pandemic started. And and we're both essential workers. So uh, through most of it, we worked at work. Um, I was at work every single day. I didn't miss a single day in the last two years um, while all of this was going on. So, um, but still we felt disconnected, especially with the church family. Um, so we were grateful for the opportunity to help out the pastoral team who were trying to do it all themselves along with everything else and plan to get back to live services. And it was just too much. Uh, when we were asked to do it, we were happy to step up and, and take that on because it gave us back that connection uh, with our church family. Uh, as a blogger and podcaster, I appreciate the at your fingertips treasure trove of knowledge that has been invaluable to me uh, through school uh, and after, whether in biblical, political, or just trivial information gathering. Um, I can imagine this will help me in my new remote position with Key of Hope as well, um, especially in the research area. Uh, question number three, what sort of temptations does cyberspace hold for you? Um, for every useful resource available on the internet, there are 10 temptations, maybe more, maybe 10,000. Uh, some are nothing more than distractions meant to waste our time and attention uh, away from our mission, whatever that might be. Uh, many are the temptations of the flesh in the form of pornography, gambling, and other vices that are plentiful and easy to access, uh, making them as dangerous as any real world threat that we may deal with. Maybe more so because you can't really escape it with that minute by minute connection of the phone in your pocket. Um, so how do you address these temp temptations? Um, we need to look no further than Jesus to find advice on dealing with temptation, right? Uh, in Matthew 4.1, Jesus spends 40 days and nights fasting in the wilderness. The enemy uses this time of weakness to tempt Jesus with release from this trial. Uh, first, he encourages him to use his godly power to feed himself. Jesus answers, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This gives us our first method of resistance, right? The Bible, the word of God. Um, next, the enemy encouraged Jesus to test God by throwing himself off the temple to be saved by the angels. Jesus responds with scripture again, this time stating, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test, as was previously asserted in Deuteronomy 6.16. This gives us our second method of re resistance, diligence, as stated in the very next verse. Deuteronomy 6.17 states, you are to diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and the testimonies and statutes he has given you. Finally, the enemy offers Jesus the world in return for his fealty, to bow to him. To this, Jesus answers, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. 
our third method of resistance is avoidance. So we have the Bible, diligence, and avoidance. Those are our methods of resisting temptation. Um, so we can avoid uh, temptation. Uh, we can be diligent about and strong about fighting temptation in our lives. And we can delve into the Word of God to find hope and strength and perseverance in the face of temptation. So where are you using technology to avoid face-to-face encounters? This fourth question um, asks that we really delve into our own personal feelings, right? Are we using technology to avoid face-to-face encounters? Um, I don't really use social media to avoid face-to-face encounters. I really barely use it. Um, I do check in. I like some people's posts. I comment on their adventures, uh, especially church-related events and things like that. Um, Wendy and I do use it to serve our church as online hosts, uh, encouraging engagement between the viewers and the message. Uh, As far as personal posts, I've really sought over the last few years to limit them to messages of thanks to friends and family for their impact on my on my life and service to others. Uh, I post about my blogs and podcasts uh, and other messages that further the understanding of the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does that mean that I don't spend any time wasting time in social media? No, it doesn't. Um, I do. I, I admit that on Twitter, most of the people I follow are political uh, in some way. I like to keep track of what's going on in politics. I try not to react to it. Uh, but once in a while, I'll type in a response. And uh, before I hit submit or post, uh, I'll delete it, uh, thinking better of it. Like, wh- who is this really serving to say this? Um, it's it's difficult. I, I understand. It really is. But the fastest way to avoid or the best way to avoid falling down a rabbit hole of social media is don't go on there or set yourself timers. Give yourself 15, 20 minutes or whatever uh, at various times during the day to look at it. If you want to spend 15 minutes of your lunch hour looking at it, do that and then spend 15 or the rest of it eating and uh, maybe doing something more productive. Uh, maybe a few minutes before you go to bed at night, although I don't really recommend that, getting yourself riled up and getting your blood pressure up is certainly not going to do wonders for your sleep cycle. Um, and and in the morning, I would, I personally prefer to spend that time with God, right? First thing in the morning, you're fresh, you're getting the day off to a good start. Uh, that's probably the best way. Uh, to get your day started. Um, So you have to decide for yourself what's the best way. I would definitely carve out some time to spend with God first, your family second, and then maybe plug in a few minutes here and there in social media in the in-between time when when your family and your work uh, are not active, right? Number five, uh, have you been yelled at via email or on social media. What was that like for you? 
Uh, part of the reason that I limit my posts the way I do is the hostility of the world around us. I'm a Christian, a conservative, Caucasian, male, over 50. So I check all of the privilege boxes for today's American cancel culture. Uh, I am anti-abortion, pro-Second Amendment, small government, balanced budget, anti-mandate, not anti-vaccination, I'm anti-mandate, uh, equal opportunity, uh, and pay for equal work, uh, anti-revisionist history, so I'm anti-critical theory of all kinds. Uh, I'm pro-parental rights in education and health. Uh, if any of that didn't trigger you, uh, then maybe when I say that I'm pro-biblical Christianity, it will. Uh, that means I'm against all legalistic inclusions to the gospel. Um, that put people's feelings ahead of objective truth. Yes, I mean you progressive Christians and social justice warriors. Uh, these modern day Pharisees are screaming about the disenfranchised, but doing nothing to actually help them to the saving grace of the gospel. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you read what progressive Christianity is all about, they don't even really believe in the gospel. Um, they somehow think that it is exclusionary and racist and separatist. Uh, they don't really believe in it. I'm not really sure where the word Christians comes into play in that, in the, in the name that they've chosen for themselves. Um, Mark 8, 36 to 38 makes it clear for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Uh, in the past, I spent a lot of time getting yelled at online by anonymous people with radical agendas, no profile photo, and fake credentials. It's easy to be brave when you don't have to answer for your words and actions. You may get away with such nonsense on social media and even in the world these days, but you will answer for all of it someday. Uh, Matthew 8:27 states, For the Son of Man is going to come with the angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. So you will be judged based on your own actions, based on your own words, based on the things that you did in this world. I don't care who you are or what you believe. This is the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to take another quick break and then I will be back to, and we'll go through the spiritual exercises uh, that Albert Calhoun suggested for this uh, topic unplugging uh, and the ones that I did and kind of what I came up with. Be right back. <laughs> 